Greetings. You're listening to the Bonnie Boat Sailing Podcast. My name is Chris Smith. Whether you're a grizzled old salt, pining for the days of wire rope halyards, or a greenhorn, wondering what the hell a dolphin striker is, this is the podcast that seeks to fill the need for everybody's third most favorite pastime. That is, talking about sailing. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bonnie Boat Sailing Podcast. If you're just joining us, this first batch of episodes chronicles the refit and subsequent adventures of my wife Ryan and I aboard our 1967 Pearson Ariel Firefly. We spent two years on the hard fixing up the old girl and took her down the ICW from Virginia to the Florida Keys and back. Cheers! Georgia Sailors in the Fuzz, December 5th, 2015. Greetings and salutations from St. Augustine, which misleading title aside, is in Florida. We are sitting in the Dolce Cafe, hanging out and avoiding the copious amount of rain currently falling. We pulled into the municipal marina here yesterday after some wind and wave-induced excitement. We were waiting for the bridge of lines to open with the wind, waves, and current urging us towards the bridge, as a small cruise ship was doing the same, coming the opposite way. We prudently gave way. Firefly and her crew did pretty well. Since our last confession, we have chugged and motorsailed through Georgia, met all kinds of cool folks, and finally started hitting some warmer weather. Highlights include drinking large cans of Code Red, delicious, delicious ambrosia. A wonderful meal out in the marshes of Georgia at a restaurant called Marker 107 on Kilkenny Creek. The restaurant was recommended to us by Jim at Regent Point Marina, and we kind of expected like a bayou shrimp shack, and it turned out to be a fairly high-end joint, uh, which was a nice surprise. Uh, it busted our budget a little bit, but it was great food and we had a great time. At St. Simon's Island, Georgia, as we were rowing into the dinghy dock to do laundry, we started talking to a fellow who has a Pearson Triton, the bigger sister to the Pearson Ariel. He offered to give us a lift to the grocery store. Ryan offered to do laundry while I did some food shopping. So I'm talking to this guy and he said something like, after about 20 years of working on my boat, I finally think it's finished. And I was like, wow, that's really, you know, that's really saying something. Um, so we're walk, we walk up the dock to his boat, and upon seeing the name Adam on the stern quarter, I immediately knew who he was. Uh, it was James Baldwin, who sailed around the world uh, twice, one of them engineless, I think, um, and wrote Across Islands and Oceans uh, about his travels. Uh, and needless to say, James is he's one of my sailing heroes, and I was pretty dumbstruck. Uh, he's got a great website called Adam Voyages, uh, it's an excellent resource and I one I consulted with frequently during Firefly's restoration. Um, and the, the level of craftsmanship that is apparent on Adam is inspiring, if a bit intimidating. <laughs> uh, and, and James's boat, Adam, is looking pretty f- flawless these days. Uh, and he's since re- released two more books, uh, Bound for Distances, uh, which is a really good one, and The Next Distancy, which I have yet to read, but I am excited to sit down with. Um, and so that was, I mean, how cool was that? I mean, how many sports are there where your one of your heroes offers to drive you to the grocery store and you get to, you know, get to hang out with them? So uh, it, sailing really brings out uh, the generosity in people and, and humility. Um, you know, I was yammering on about the work we did on Firefly to, to James. And uh, he's, a, you know, he's a, here's a guy who's like a sculptor with fiberglass. Uh, but he was very kind and it was, it was cool to meet him. Since, since meeting him, I've met a lot of small boat sailors, um, whom also look up to him. He's a, he's a real 
he's a real cool guy and, and he's inspired a lot of people on small boats to do uh to think big meanwhile ryan was stuck in the marina laundry with some old guy telling italian jokes to her <laughs> Uh, which ended up being something of an omen for the rest of the evening in St. Simon's. Uh, and I hesitate a little bit to tell this story, but but the truth is, that, you know, warts and all here. Uh, and so, you know, living on boats attracts all types, and the vast majority of them are, are awesome, interesting people, uh, and some of them are weirdos. Uh, so we, um, through James, we had an invitation to stop, stop by a young Portuguese single-hander, uh, who also had a Pearson Triton. Uh, he was in the marina working with James. He had recently uh, completed a transatlantic. So seemed like a total badass. Seemed like a, a really interesting guy. He was a guitar player as well. So it could have been a fun evening. Uh, but instead, we got waylaid by a couple. Um, and uh, we were talking to them a little bit. And they, they insisted we stay for dinner. Uh, and they were very nice. But maybe just a little off, you know. Uh, and it was one of those social situations that be eventually became fairly miserable and we just couldn't escape uh and ryan and i were just being too polite to do anything uh so we we kind of got railroaded into spending four or five hours on this this boat uh and it got a little weird they were into some kind of religious culty type stuff um and it wasn't like we were ever in danger or anything like that but we were bummed that we could have been hanging out with this awesome badass sailor guy uh and ended up you know being proselytized to i'm not sure what the lesson is don't join a religious cult <laughs> anyway but saint simon's is cool and meeting meeting james baldwin is i mean that's a story i tell i still tell a lot to, to a lot of people and it's, it's pretty cool he's, he's he's an awesome guy so the next day we woke up to heavy fog uh we made our way through jekyll creek which is uh probably the most notorious spot on the icw for shoaling uh but we didn't have any issues uh, went through on a rising tide, which I guess is what you're supposed to do. Um, south of Jekyll Creek is St. Andrew's Sound, uh, and it's a section of the ICW where the, the main ICW channel actually goes out the inlet a little ways and kind of curves around this big um, big shoal where this, there can be breakers and, and bad weather and that sort of thing. Uh, so supposedly it can be pretty rough if there's a swell out in the ocean uh, or like onshore breeze against a, a strong ebb. Um, but the day we went out, it was it was flat calm, but the fog was such that um, we were kind of turning out into this inlet, and we couldn't see the next buoy. Uh, it was the fog was like a wall, kind of visibility in the sound was fine, but the fog was just lying along the coast, and I think the buoy was maybe only a half a mile away, but we just couldn't see it. It was like you know there was somebody cut off all that section of the uh, of the channel there. Um, so given the fact that there can be breakers and it would, like I said, it probably would have been fine, but we couldn't see anything. So luckily on that stretch, there's an alternate route called uh, umbrella cut, which kind of winds uh, through some marsh and it adds a little bit of distance, but um, we decided to take that. Uh, and we did end up hitting some dense fog in umbrella cut, but we took it slow. Um, Ryan was up on the bow with our fog whistle uh, and it was fine. Um, and northbound, we, um, northbound through St. Andrews, we had, we didn't have any issues going, going the normal, the normal way. Um, but I could see that definitely is a part stretch of the ICW that you'd want to watch the weather on, uh, for sure. South of there, we stopped and explored Cumberland Island a bit. Uh, it's a national seashore on a barrier Island. Uh, and it's pretty much completely wild. It's very cool. Very jungle-esque, um, wild horses, dolphins, no houses. It's spectacular. 
Uh, we had an entire 30-mile stretch of beach to ourselves. Uh, it was a magical place, and I wish, I wish we had been able to stay longer. And then south of Cumberland is uh, St. Mary's Sound, and we were officially in Florida. You know, Georgia was probably our favorite part of the ICW. A lot of people skip it and go, go outside or get real stressed about their draft and running aground, but it's by far the least developed stretch of the ICW. You can find anchorages that are completely deserted, no other boats, no houses, just you and the marsh. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's just part of the trip we don't have a whole lot of specific anecdotes about, but just really, really cool place. Just kind of being out, being out in nature, being out on the water. Uh, from Cumberland, we anchored a bit south of Fernandina Beach, and the next day made our way to uh, just a bit north of St. Augustine uh, at a place called Pine Island. And we were one of the last boats coming in that day, so we were not tucked in very far behind Pine Island. Um, it's a U-shaped creek off the main ICW channel, and Pine Island forms kind of the center of the U, if that makes sense. Uh, and the whole creek is maybe about 150 yards across. Uh, and we had a rough night on anchor. We were blowing all around. Our anchor held, but I know at least one boat drug anchor and was, was doing midnight maneuvering, uh, so we didn't sleep much. And as it got light, we decided check the weather uh, and they were calling for more of the same so we weren't interested in we didn't want to sit on anchor cooped up in the boat it was kind of rainy bouncing our teeth out so we decided to, to get out of there and hightail it to St. Augustine the wind was out of the north and the creek we were anchored in runs more or less east-west so the wind was holding us across the narrow axis of the creek again it's about 150 yards across uh, so our normal anchoring routine wasn't going to work for one I couldn't pull the boat up against I couldn't pull the boat up to the anchor against the force of the wind, so we had a motor slowly up to it, pulling in a chain as we went. Um, and the problem was, as we're sitting here planning, the problem was that as soon as the anchor broke out of the bottom, we would start blowing towards the bank of the creek, so we didn't have the option to kind of leisurely get everything stowed and cleaned up. And normally, in windier conditions, I would have the tiller, but um, I needed to, to haul up the anchor, so Ryan was going to have to helm. Uh, and she was a bit nervous, but we were a bit both ready to get out of there. Um, so we made a plan, and I don't remember exactly which way we wanted the bow to blow off, but of course, we ended up going the other way. Um, you know, without steerage, there's nothing you can really do once the bow gets going. If a gust catches it funny, um, you need a fair bit of forward motion to have steerage and actually bring the bow back up into the wind. So wind caught the bow, but Ryan reacted quickly. Um, we did a quick loop in the opposite direction to gain steerage, and we were fine. And I remember being being proud. And, and it's not like I'm coming from a place of having a ton of experience. Um, you know, when we left on the trip, we both had an equal amount of hours on the boat. But but sailing is kind of my thing, and so she did good. And I was it, it was cool. It was cool to see her kind of take the helm, as it were. <laughs> So the post is called Georgia Sailors in the Fuzz. Uh, so the sailors are these two guys, Stanley and Jeff. Uh, we ran into them in St. Augustine. Uh, and we'd been playing hopscotch with Stanley for some time. Uh, we first saw him at the Gilmerton Bridge in Virginia. We actually locked through the Dismal Swamp with him, and we were tied up next to him in Elizabeth City. Uh, so we hung out with those guys. We went out on the town, um, had far too much fun. Uh, Jeff is working on a this gorgeous 54-foot yawl bringing it back to life. Um, he delivers boats professionally. Uh, he has a company called Scurvy Dog Yacht Services, if you're interested in getting a boat delivered. Um, and between he and Stanley, we were up to our gills and sea stories. Um, really funny guys, good dudes. Um, 
And Jeff drove us around the next day uh, to a marine consignment. We picked up some charts, checked out his boat. Uh, cool, cool, good time. Uh, and St. Augustine's a cool, cool sailor town for sure. We were instant best friends. So good stuff. Uh, and then finally, the aforementioned fuzz. As we were approaching St. Augustine, a U.S. Border Patrol and Customs boat blew past us, then made a hard turn to port to come alongside. Uh, and it was a serious-looking boat. It was about 45 foot long, deep V hull, uh, and had four 300 horsepower motors on the back, and it could move. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, the guys on board were very friendly, super professional, uh, and they had some very specific questions about our whereabouts the past few days. And fortunately. Ryan had her wits about her. I was I was fairly intimidated intimidated by them trying to steer the boat, and they were they're asking us, you know, where did you anchor last night? Where have you been the past couple of days? And, and Ryan was answering their questions. She kind of poked her head out of the companionway, um, but I assume that they saw a small gray sailboat out on a gray day near an ocean inlet, piloted by uh, a somewhat scroungy looking fella, and they thought it warranted a closer inspection. So it's a good thing Ryan was aboard. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty exciting, huh? That's it for this episode of The Bonnie Boat. Thanks for listening. I know time is my most scarce resource these days, so I appreciate you uh, choosing to spend your time listening here. One of the reasons I decided to throw my hat into the podcast ring is to get in touch with other like-minded sailing maniacs. To that end, if you have any comments or suggestions, you can email me at thebonnieboat at gmail.com. You can find us online at thebonnieboat.wordpress.com. And remember, to be a sailor, you don't need a YouTube channel with 100,000 video subscribers. You don't need an Instagram account with pictures of beautiful people in their bathing suits. You certainly don't need a podcast. You don't even need a boat. You just need to go sailing. Until next time, this is Firefly standing by on Channel 16.